What's cracking? We move into hour number three. We're throwing it back on this Thursday, audio only. No TV simulcast, which means I'm rocking ugly sweater, which you cannot see. Yeah, hey guys, it's windy in here. It's really windy in here. On top of that, I've got the old school cans over my head. Feels good. Telephone number is toll free, 1-800-636-8686. We are joined right now by one of my favorite dudes. The outstanding radio play-by-play announcer for the LA Chargers, also co-host of the Believe in Chargers podcast, co-host of the long-running Petros and Money show on AMKLAC in Los Angeles. He is Matt Money Smith. Matt, how you living, my brother? What's going on? How is everything? Oh, everything's great, man. It's great to hear your voice again uh, and have a conversation with you, Jim. It's been a while, so yeah. I certainly appreciate it. You too, Matt. I appreciate you very much, man. Great to have you back. Thanks for doing it. Let me ask you first, what a weird Monday night game that was last Monday. The Jets' defense, Matt, was pretty dominant. Justin Herbert had arguably his worst game as a pro, and yet the Chargers still slap the Jets. They get back to 500 after winning back-to-back games. Given there are some pretty good teams, but no single dominant team, where would you slot the bolts among playoff contenders in the AFC right now? I think I'd, you know, I'd, I'd take the coward's way out, Jim, and slot them TBA. Um, I think they're good enough to make a run, but I don't know if we should buy in yet, right? So after that win against the Jets, who are 4-3, and three, they're 2-9 and nine against teams with winning records going back to the start of 2022, you know, and they ended up 10 and seven uh had that 27th lead against the jaguars and we were really feeling really good you know about a trip to kansas city against the chiefs team they had already essentially traded punches with one game went to overtime one went down to the wire and it all just kind of came apart so i don't really know what i think most people don't really know what this team is yet you feel really good about some games on offense right the game against the dolphins the first half against the chiefs the first half against the raiders the game against the bears uh and now we've had 10 straight quarters of complete dominance by this defense. The second half of the Chiefs game, uh, which really was just a 51-yard punt return and a short field for a touchdown, the only points they gave up that whole second half, and now these last two back-to-backs against some offenses that were struggling. So, look, I feel like they could beat anyone, and I feel like they can lose to to anyone because I just – they got to stack some wins, and that's why this week against the Lions is so important. Get to five and four – and you know what? I'm going to say, yeah, I think they got they, they got it in them to make a run at that number one wild card spot like they held last year. Couldn't appreciate that answer any more than I do. In fact, you beat me to it. Matt, Matt Money Smith, my guest, I was going to say, we'll get a real barometer, a real check, a heat check this week against the Lions. Like, I've jocked them pretty hard dating back to last season, and why not? Like, there's a lot to like about the Lions on both sides of the ball. Very critical game, as you point out. As you study this one, how do you think the Chargers match up? What do you think this one comes down to? I think this is um, very similar to like uh, uh, an SEC showdown, right? Hey, we're both good. We both know what we're going to do, and let's see who wins. You know what essentially is a street fight, and that's defensive line versus offensive line. That that old line of the Lions has been so good this year. You know, I mean, Panay Sewell has been an anchor on the left side, Ragnow in the center, Decker on the other side, and. The Chargers defense, man, has just come alive, particularly up front. This is the best I've seen Joey Bosa in a few years. He's healthy. You see the explosiveness. He sets the edge so you can't run against him. Brees Hall only had 50 yards. That The Bears came in with over 160 each of their last four. They held them to like 70. Um, and that put them into forced passing situations. And then they teed off. And now... With the emergence of Tuli Tuipolotu, it's a name that maybe a lot of your listeners aren't too familiar with. He played at SC 
the last couple of years, and they haven't been too dominant, but he has been special. The second round pick, man, he is. He, he had two sacks against the Jets, and he's got Jim. He has got these hockey assists on these sacks. It's his pressures that are leading to Khalil Mack's nine sacks. To Morgan Fox's five and a half. To Joey's six and a half. So. I think it's those those three guys that are playing together now, and Joey and Khalil are stacked, or Joey and Tooley are stacked on the same side, and it's really a problem for teams. So now we're going to get to see how much of a problem is it for one of the better old lines in the league. In fact, Tooley, Matt, got us paid last week, the big head and I, James Kelly, on a prop bet. So, yeah, absolutely, he was dominant. We're talking to Matt Money-Smith. Hey, Matt, what about the other team in L.A.? What about the Rams? Like, contrary to what Samuel L. Jackson thinks, and he made it pretty clear on the X the other day, I think Sean McVay has actually done a hell of a job this season, even with the Rams at 3-6. and six. Clearly, Matt, the bill has come due after the FDM picks to the Super Bowl do you think that McVeigh's got the stomach to see this rebuild through all the way through in L.A.? Well, I think, Jim, I think a lot of it's going to come down to, look, I thought, and I'm with you, right? I'm with you 100%. I think they've done better to, to be where they are, you know, and they should have beat the Steelers. You know, that was a, that was a game they let the kicker give away. So and they competed with the, the Eagles. They competed with the 49ers, competed with the Bengals, right? And they've got three wins. I thought this was going to be a tankathon. I really did. I thought Stafford was going to be put on the shelf. I thought Stetson Bennett was going to start a bunch of games, and they were going to make that run at Caleb Williams. And, you know, this can be the – maybe this is sort of the Charger employee and me talking, but you have just seen a shift in this market with, with the young, with how many Justin Herbert jerseys I see on kids around town. He's a superstar. You know, the Chargers have a legitimate superstar at the quarterback position. And, you know, as great of a player as Matthew Stafford is, he's just not someone that, that fans can sort of relate to. He's a, he's, a, he's a University of Georgia Detroit Lions quarterback. He even won a Super Bowl with him, and you just don't feel attraction. So that's what I thought this team was going to be going in. Hey, let's go get Caleb Williams. If that doesn't work out, Drake May feels like a superstar. And so... I'm anxious to see what direction they go here. You know, now that maybe McVay wasn't willing to relent and, and accept that that might be the fate, like you said, with 40 new players, a ton of undrafted free agents, uh, guys that were claimed off, you know, waivers that are starting for them. Um, and I think he's done a heck of a job. I really do. That To me, like that score in the Green Bay game doesn't really tell the tale of, of it was a competitive game, you know, and Brett Rippon just wasn't up for it. So, I'm anxious to see how he plays out the rest of the string. By no means do I think he's done a poor job at all. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this team ends up with six, seven wins. You know, to your point, I'm not an employee of the Chargers, and I could not agree with you more. Justin Herbert, although he is a neighbor, and I know that's a bad name drop, although he's a neighbor and I never get invited to the victory barbecues that I know exist and are a real thing, man, he is a stud. He is a superstar. He is relatable, and I agree with you. People do love him in this town, and understandably so. Matt Money-Smith is my guest. Matt, so we have to endure the Jets again in primetime Sunday, but, but... The caveat is we get to see the Raiders and whether or not they can build on that beating they laid on the Giants. Dude, I have to admit, I like Josh McDaniels. He has deep jungle roots. But from the looks of things, I might be one of the very few. Can you believe the way the vibe and that team flipped the second they broke him off? I get that it's the Giants, but have you ever seen anything switch or change as quickly as that? Well, it's funny. I kind of did. Jim, and it was with Rich Basaccia, right? You know, a couple years ago when John Gruden went out and you heard about the battles that, 
that Gruden was having with Carr and just kind of how much control he wielded over the team and how the team wasn't crazy about him taking so much credit. You heard about that in Tampa. You know, you heard about that with the Raiders. And so you saw when, when they cut him loose, and, and here's Rich Passaccia, who's, you know, not really someone anyone's familiar with, and they go on this run. And you can talk about the opponents they played and, you know, the quarterbacks they faced to end up punching their ticket into the playoffs. All I know is I was there week 18 for that Sunday nighter. It's one of the greatest football games I've ever been blessed to have been able to call, and it ended up in a loss for the side that I was on, but it was still that special. And I think that's what you saw, right? You saw a team that was freed from what was, to some degree, a guy that was a my way or the highway. I'm smarter than you. I know what I'm doing. It's my scheme. It's my offense. I can make a high schooler a pro bowler because I know what I'm doing. And I think that just gets old for guys. Look, because I work with a team, I get to travel with the team, I see what these guys look like after games. They look like they've been in a car crash. You know, you hear that, and it's a, it's a metaphor, but it – it looked that way. They're wrapped in ice. They walk slow. It's like that for 48 hours. When they're out there getting their heads kicked in and you got a guy talking about my scheme this and the play wasn't executed right that, I think that wears on guys. And, and to have Antonio Pierce, who they can relate to, who's very energetic, who we knew was a leader as a player, I think he probably tapped into something that these guys you know, really wanted to cut loose with, and, and they just happened to have the right opponent to be able to sort of flex. And we'll see whether or not this offense can do it against a very good Jets defense. Exactly. I was going to say, we'll find out about that. But to your point about Passaccia, I was going to bring that up too, and you beat me to it. I mean, back then, Mark Davis, like I, I don't know what's going on in his head right now, but we saw how he handled that then. The players wanted Passaccia. They loved him. But Mark Davis bypassed him. He wanted the splashy hire. It blew up in his face. I mean, do you have any idea, like Antonio, Pierce, he doesn't have the experience, but he very clearly has their buy-in already. He has their respect. He wants to be the guy to restore the Raider pride. Do you think he's got any shot of getting that team straight and on a run and keeping that gig? Oh, I think it's the it's the major league. Uh, that, that's it, man. It's win them all and get to the postseason or they're selling the team. You know, I think that's that's probably what his fate is. You said it. He wanted the splashy hire. You know, that's, that's, that's what his dad was doing, right? He would make the splashy free agent signings, even though people were like, wow, that guy doesn't really have it anymore, but it's a big name, which is why I think with all the heat on Michigan, like all the people that are tying Jim Harbaugh to there, I think it, to, to me, that's, yeah, that makes sense. I could totally see him doing that unless Antonio, because remember, they got a pretty gnarly schedule. They still have the Chiefs twice, and obviously it looks like they're going to be tangling maybe with Baltimore for the best record in the AFC until the end of the season, so it's not like they're going to be letting off the gas. They still have the Dolphins. You know, They still have the Chargers who beat them up you know, 24 nothing in the first half of that game and then just kind of coasted to victory in the second half. So it's stacked against them you know, to, to try to keep this thing going, but I could see it. You know, he, Maybe he recognizes the error in his ways. The last time, and should have just kept Basacha and, and should have kept Mayock, who made some pretty nice picks on the back end of those drafts after John Gruden maybe got out of the way of those first-rounders. Um, but they still have, Jim, they still have a serious talent issue. Like, they, that, that thing would be best served being completely torn down and rebuilt because, man, you just look along the lines outside of Max Crosby and Colton Miller, outside of Devontae Adams, and they need a lot of help there. Matt Money Smith joining us. Matt, before we go, a couple of things. You've done 
countless coaches' interviews in your career, on radio, on TV, for podcasts. Have you ever heard an answer like the one Robert Sala gave when asked why he was sticking with Zach Wilson? (laughs) Instead of giving Trevor Simeon a chance, he invoked his Fifth Amendment rights. Like, easy, Bob, it's a local radio interview, not a congressional hearing. I mean, how awkward was that? It was super awkward. I'll tell you what, though, Jim, we were walking – uh, I was with Daniel Jeremiah, who does the games with me, and Shannon Perrin, who's, who's our sideline person. And we were walking together, and they were playing his post-game presser right after that game, you know, on the on the PA as we were walking out. And he was asked about why they were running hurry up and why they were passing so much in the first half. And he said, well, look, you know, I feel like we had some, some really good success doing that. You know, we crossed midfield twice. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> it's like, if that's the measurement of success, this poor guy who's this defensive coach and has this incredible unit, I think he's just, his brain is so twisted into a pretzel. He doesn't know what the heck he's saying because he can't. It's, I can't imagine having to coach that offense when you have a defense that is that good. So you can imagine what the defense must think, and yet they're out there oh. flying around and keeping their mouths shut and being pros about it. Hey, Matt, really quickly before you go, you mentioned DJ. Frankly, dude, if there's a better guy than you and there may not be, it's DJ. What, what's DJ like to work with? He is one of my favorite people ever. Not only is he one of the best people I've ever met, he is so unbelievable at what he does and what he knows. What's it like to share a booth with him? It's incredible. Uh, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm the luckiest person uh, in sport, and I try to say as little as possible so he can have as much time as possible. There are very few people that can see a, a play like he can. And for people that don't know, you know, he was a quarterback, and it's not like he was a quarterback at Alabama, but this is a guy that was a starter at Appalachian State, a starter at, at Louisiana Lafayette. So he's a Division One quarterback, and he sees it, man. When, when that play is over, it is incredible how much detail he will give. Oh, you know, great pull there by the guard. They double-teamed. It was great to see him combo block. The one thing, though, he might have missed the tight end. I think you're going to flash open why that thing lose left sideline for a gain of six we could have maybe had a gain of 12 that's the kind of stuff that you get and i mean it's immediate i as soon as that play is over and that ball is spotted i say you know gain of six second down and four and it's all his for the next 40 seconds the kind of stuff now page him like these things before they happen he can see how the play caller are seeing a defense up putting an offense up and a very Tony Romo asked. It's not like he sees the formation. Oh, I know what's going to come. He's like, you know what? I feel like this is leading to X play, and it inevitably happens. Or you know what? I've seen the way this guy is is manning up and giving him inside leverage. He's going to jump around here. You watch, and it'll happen. He's just. He. I know I'm gushing and I'm talking too much here, but he's that good. He's. Uh, I can't encourage people to listen to the games enough, our Charger games, not for me, but just to hear Daniel Jeremiah's analysis. Actually, you'll, you'll feel so good about it. Actually, for both of you, but he does have a beautiful football mind, to be sure. Hey, Matt, before you go, one last thought. Since you host an iconic local show here in SoCal on the Dodgers flagship station, just to mix this up really quickly, is there any way the Dodgers don't throw down the half a bill or whatever it's going to take to sign Shohei? I think they'll throw it down, Jim. You know whether or not he takes it, you know, is up to Shohei. But yeah, they—I they, can't imagine they're—they're they're not going to be outbid. Um, it will ultimately come down to whether or not Shohei wants them. They need him. They—they they just need him. I feel like that team needs some juice. It just feels too flatlined. You know the—the the way that and they're professionals and they're incredible players, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, but. 
you know, when Miguel Rojas is kind of your emotional leader in the postseason to arrive, you know, six months prior to that, some just didn't feel right. And I think Otani is the perfect person. And, and look, this goes for any team, right? He, they need juice. They just, as, as talented as they are, this is what they set themselves up for with David Peralta and with all those young pitchers and not going out and signing a big-name free agent and not making a huge splash at the deadline they, and take on more money. They set themselves up to sign Shohei Otani to a half-a-billion-dollar deal. And I think if they don't get it done, yeah, especially with Corey Seager, Jim, with Corey Seager, who should have never, ever been allowed to leave the Dodgers unless it was his choice. And I don't feel like that was the case. They traded for Trey Turner. They traded for Mookie Betts. They sent all the signals out that they were maybe going in a different direction. But because of how it's worked out with Corey Seager now, I think they absolutely have to win the offseason to, to appease these 4 million fans that go to these games every year. Can you imagine, Matt, if, for instance, Chicago, they already took their big swing with Craig Council. What if they stepped up? What if they came up with the money? What if all of a sudden, and I'm not sure, like, you got to, what, what does Shohei want? You know, obviously the money, but he wants to be comfortable. He's got a certain way of doing things. I mean, is there anybody out there that you think, not to be greedy with your time, but is there anybody who could match that offer that might have a more attractive situation in Shohei's mind than L.A.? The only one I can think of, Jim, is the Rangers, you yeah. know, just because they just won the World Series. Um, it, there's no state tax. If he cares about money, you know, on a half a billion dollar deal, you're, you're talking about an extra $100 million in your pocket, you know, from that. So, or whatever it would be, 60, 70 million bucks. But you get the point. So, like, to me, because I think he wants to win. You saw how he, you know, you saw how just the exuberance, the energy, the juice in the World Baseball Classic that we have not seen as a member of the Angels, right? When the stakes were the highest, striking out Mike Trout to win the World Baseball Classic. Are you kidding me? Like, that's what that guy needs. So I think you combine the deep pockets, the fact they're the World Series champions, and the, the state, no state tax for, for the Rangers. That, to me, is the one that, that really stands out as as a potential looming threat to the Dodgers. Otherwise, everything we hear is he loves it on the West Coast. He loves Southern California. The Dodgers can sell him on 11 division titles, you know, in or 10 division titles in 11 years. And they can sell him on, hey, man, you're Superman. You're coming to save us. You know, we've had Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And, you know, all we got is a 60-season COVID World Series to show for it. We need you to push us over the top so this town can get the parade that it so desperately desires. That's why there is nobody like this in this town or any other town. Hey, Money, how are the waves, or is it too windblown? <laughs> no, I went out today, and it was, it was a good auction. I got freaking shacked, dude. I ended up getting a – I went to Bolsa Chica, and, and they were good. And um, I climbed into this left. I was sitting outside of everybody else, and it was you know kind of that rogue wave that showed up, and I got all geeked on it. And I got freaking dusted, and I have had salt water pouring out of my nose all morning every time I bend over because I got crushed so hard. But it was worth it. It was absolutely worth paddling into that thing and giving it a go. So dude, yeah, are they, dude, are those bros? Are they pretty lenient, or does it get pretty territorial there? No, that's a that's an easy wave, man. Everyone's super mellow, and you know I've always kind of been a. a I think you know me. I'm pretty laid back, so I don't get all butthurt or bent if someone drops in on me unless they do it on purpose and keep doing it over and over again so i think i go there pretty much every day starting in like november mid-november all the way through march or april i'm there a lot so you know it's a it's a good crew there's enough old guys there that can can regulate that i can just kind of kick back and and pick my spot 
Dude, you are the absolute best. Matt Money Smith, <laughs> the outstanding radio play-by-play announcer for the LA Chargers, also the co-host of the Believe in Chargers podcast, and the co-host of the long-running and iconic Petros and Money show on KLAC here in LA. Dude, seriously, that was so fun. I really appreciate you. Sorry to keep you so long, but I was having so much fun, man. You're the best. Shoot, man. We could do it another 20, and I'd be stoked. I appreciate you having me, man. You're the best, Matt. Matt Money Smith, he, I always say it whenever I talk to Money on the air and off the air, pound for pound, Money is one of the most talented people I've ever met. He really is. He's one of the sharpest people I've ever met, but he is one of the most versatile and talented people I've ever met. We didn't even get into his whole music background, where he's also a legend. He had a great musical career as well. And has broken bands and such. He's just, he's one of the most interesting dudes and one of the coolest dudes ever. That's why I would keep him for 20 minutes like that. Like we just damn near did a podcast episode right there. Matt Money Smith. So I don't mind gushing over him like he gushes over DJ, who also was one of the all-time great people. All right, let's take a short time out. If you're in SoCal, if you're a Southern California listener, I know you enjoyed that. I know you got that. A couple of SoCal guys coming together. All right, when we return, let me open it up to you. I want to get to the topic that I actually wanted to start the show with, and now we're almost halfway through hour number three, and I've still not gotten to that topic, but I will. That's coming up. You're in the jungle. I am Jim Rome. Quick reset, 1-800-636-8686. And when we return, the topic that I've been trying to get to. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. Once you get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call or click Granger.com or stop on by. All right, so I ran heavy in that segment, so this will be a short segment. And then on the back end, I'll get to that one topic that I didn't get to yet. Michael in San Antonio writes, money. That was awesome, bro. Money always is. That's one of the locks in this industry. You put Matt Money on, and you're going to have a real good conversation. Hey, Jim, was that Money Smith or Silk Bra? Bra. You just interviewed Ian in the Natty. Hey, Ian, nothing. Silk Bra, don't take this the wrong way. I know you won't. Ian, that's like a really horrible take. Oh, I get it. Money surfs, therefore he's Silk Bra. Dude, Money... Money is operating and playing the game at a different speed than almost everybody in our industry. Like, I I hold him in really high regard. I just said so. Exceptionally talented. Yeah, he surfs. By the way, do you know how good you have to be at your job to have the job that he has? Jobs, plural. And start your day every day by surfing? And he's got a family. He's a really dedicated family man. It means he's really smart and really talented and really gifted. Like, dude, I don't start my morning with waves. I start my morning with a big cup of joe and get my ass to work and grind. Which is not to say that money doesn't work really hard because he does. I'm just saying he's good enough that he can surf. I'm not good enough at what I do to start every day by surfing. Money can. Silk bra. He even echoes it. Quote, good dude. Bra knows. 
SoCal's no. And, and Matt has worked on a national level. So I think a lot of you outside of Southern California know him and are fam- familiar with him. But the SoCal's know and love him and are proud of him. Jay Rock, do a long-form interview with Matt Smith on your podcast. Interesting, concise, entertaining, and informative content. Book it. Duke in Vancouver. Bro, we've done it twice. He's the rare guest that I've done twice. He was ep 122. Certainly Duke is Duke. And certainly Duke is Duke. And he lives in Vancouver. And it's not his fault he doesn't know. Certainly Duke is Duke. Money was episode 122. And money was episode 234. And if you want, that was a short version of the app right there. That was a near app right there. And then Parody Larry, and we'll do him a third time if he says yes. And Money always says yes. He's great like that. A lot of you are hyping Parody Larry. And you know what? So are we. I went to that break and I said to Tommy, I said to the guys, I'm like, yo, how about Parody Larry? Not only did he get that plane down, he actually nailed it. It was incredible. Hey, Tommy, real quick, throw your bit, your buds in. Dude, what was your reaction to Parody Larry? Because I know he had to have exceeded your expectations. Yeah, I think he was shocked that he got on, and then he was shocked how long he was going. So he just kept throwing every bit he had at us, and he made it to the end, and they were all good. It worked. <laughs> Dude, like he emptied his notepad. Exactly. That, the that, clip. That was got really a rare funny. opportunity, and he went for it. He's like, hey, they're not running me. I'm just going to go. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not holding funny. anything back. All right, nice job. I, that, Larry, to his credit, like you'd think there'd be ring rust. Like he has not been on in a long time. Like all of a sudden you're on the big stage. He's not going to know what to do with himself, especially now that he sees daylight. Like my man got through the first line, the first line of defense, and there's nothing but him and grass, an open field. And he dealt with it. I, I, I did not think he'd know what to do. Stucknut wrote, where can we not get tickets? To parody Larry's one-man show. I disagree. I want tickets to that one-man show. That was great. And Mets Bets writes, My beef is with me because I was actually rooting for old Lair. We were too. Oh, Rogers, oh, Rogers, why you have to get hurt now. TDT216 on the X writes, Not only was that Larry's best contribution to the show... That might have been the greatest beef ever. I wouldn't go that far. But it might have been his best contribution to the show. Rome Slice. My beef is with that beef segment going too fast. The beef segment went faster than the beef and cheddar sando the Jardians chick inhaled down her gullet. Geoff and Lincoln. Geoff. I don't know how we got this far in your life, your jungle life, without this happening. Dude, that's an official warning. You only get one. A second warning gets you banned. Geoff, this show is one of the most important things in your life. Do you want that? Don't do it, bro. It's not worth it to you. It'd be worth it to me, never to see or hear from you ever again. But it's not going to be worth it to you, dude. Don't do it. 
the reason the beef segment went so fast is because we started it at a 40 break. Normally, we started at the top of hour three, sometimes hour two, so we can get all the way down to the bottom. In other words, a normal beef segment can run as long as 29 minutes. That one ran like 21, 22. The reason it felt shorter was it was shorter. Canon SA, troublemaker. Hey, Rome, am I high? Or drunk at work? Or was that possibly at the parody Larry's best parody? That's right. Hit the road, Zach. It wasn't his best parody, but it was his best call. His best body of work. Now I'm done. He's had better parodies. Actually, he's never really had a good parody. Even though he's parody Larry. But that was like his best contribution. No, He won. For sure. That was a good thing for him. All right, when we come back, I'll get into the one topic that I thought that I would leave the show with. And now we're in the last segment of the show, and I still haven't gotten to it. That's what kind of day today has been. Good day. Very good day. It is the bottom of the hour, so how about I get you a sports update? How about we let Rich Ackerman do the honors? Hey, Ben, if anybody got here before even Silk or the CEO, it might be you. You of all people should know better. Hey, Ben, don't do that. Don't do that. Quote, great to hear you're finally going to get to your take that all the clones have been waiting for. The Jardians lady. Benton, you've been warned too. Imagine me putting a ban on the guy who was the first ever webmaster of the program when we barely even knew what the internet was. Benton just took it upon himself. Benton was Stucknut before Stucknut, and Stucknut's always been around. That's how far back Benton goes. Benton, I don't want to ban you, brah. You're like family, literally. So no, here's the story. So I got to be honest. The MLB offseason has been fire so far, right? Think about it this way. The Padres manager up and left for a division rival, the Giants. And that was still only the second most controversial in-division managerial move of the offseason. So I was hoping for more fireworks this week at the GM meetings in Scottsdale. And I thought that once they really got rolling, man, it was going to get explosive. And you know what? I was right. There were explosives at the GM meetings. Just not the kind of explosions that anybody was expecting or hoping for. In fact, the opposite kind. You see, these meetings got cut short last night because according to SI, Sports Illustrated, a, quote, stomach ailment, end quote, quote, felled some 10% of the executives End quote at the meeting. SI estimates that somewhere between 30 and 300 officials in attendance came down with the mysterious stomach bug. Quote. He doesn't care who you are. I like that report. 30 to 300. Or where you are. 
somewhere between a couple of them and all of them got it. Quote, nearly every team has been hit, as has the league office, which has seen some eight officials felled. End quote. By the way, my new favorite verb, felled. But then again, how else would you describe the great equalizer and what it does to people? It fells people. It doesn't sleep people. It fells people. So anyway, as a result of that, believe it or not, that this was so bad, MLB canceled the rest of the meetings. So you know exactly what I'm about to say next. Scoreboard, look the hell up at it. Notch another dub for the great equalizer. Hang another banner for the still undefeated, untied, unified champion of the history of the world, Diarrhea. Diarrhea You simply cannot defeat the Rhea. Nobody can, nobody ever has, and nobody ever will. Just ask those 30 to 300 GMs. Just ask those GMs who had important work to do but wound up, quote, felled by the great equalizer. Just like every other opponent the great equalizer has ever come up against. The great equalizer knocked them the hell out. The great equalizer fells everybody ever in the history of the world and will continue to do so going forward. Because remember, I made this point 20 years ago. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how important you are. It doesn't matter how much money you're worth. It doesn't matter how much work you still have to do. It doesn't care. It's going to collect a dub over any and every opponent every damn time. The Yankees contingency apparently had several cases. Should have known that, right? The evidence was there earlier in the week. If you heard what Brian Cashman had to say this week, you knew that Cash was already exhibiting symptoms of diarrhea of the mouth. Is the great equalizer. Thus, it was only a matter of time before he also experienced diarrhea of the ass as well. We have the smallest analytics department in the American League East. But no one's doing their deep dives. They're just throwing ammunition and, 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 and bullshit and uh, accusing us of being run analytically. We got good people. I'm proud of our people and I'm, I'm proud of our process. Doesn't mean we're firing on all cylinders, doesn't mean we're the best in class. But I think we're pretty good, personally. Hey, Cash, I'm proud of you, too. I'm proud that you were able to survive spewing diarrhea out of both ends in the same week. Double diarrhea. That's no picnic, Cash. I'm proud of you. Big question now that the meetings are officially canceled is what happens to all the people with the RIA? How are they all going to get home? Do they quarantine first? If so, for how long? Because we all know the dangers of flying with severe diarrhea. It's a damn biohazard, yo. Negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want to come back to Atlanta. They'll turn that plane around so fast. They'll turn that plane around if any of you baseball officials try to pull that same move that that Delta guy did on that flight from the ATL to Barcelona. You know that dude, like, he just puckered up. 
He clenched up like, I'm going to get through it, man. I'm going to fight through it. No, you're not. The airlines do not care who you are, and neither does the great equalizer. My best advice to you, stay off a plane until the RIA subsides. Take your lesson from what happened this week. Lesson being, diarrhea does not give a crap. Diarrhea will always prevail because diarrhea is undefeated. I don't think I've seen the RIA affect the MLB this badly since 2010 when Chan Ho Park admitted that he pitched badly because of the RIA. I was sick. Well, I had a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> that's, that's what you want to know? The manager said you were sick. Yeah, I had a lot of diarrhea. Yeah, I had a lot of diarrhea and then... Uh... Oh, well, it's funny? No. I'm... <laughs> Save it. Yeah, the, the off day, off day, I had a lot of diarrhea, so, and I feel very uh, full, and then yesterday I was full too, like a little, a lot of cough, and then, you know, just chest hurt, and feel dehydrated, something like that. I mean, how is that dude not in the Hall of Fame on that exchange alone? How does that dude not have his own wing in the Hall of Fame on that exchange alone? How does that dude not have a statue in front of the stadium? I had a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> I love the way Channel Parr is like, like, is that what you want to hear? All right, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of diarrhea. And then you got this one hyena in the background who can't stop laughing because he keeps saying it. And he's like, what's so funny? What's so funny? <laughs> Save it. Save it. Yeah, the, the off day, off day, I had a lot of diarrhea. Yeah, the off day, I had a lot of diarrhea. Chan Ho Park, that, that is incredible. My man, did such major ups to you. I forgot how amazing that exchange was. Maybe he had diarrhea when he gave up that all-star bomb that he put on a tee. Urgh, the Cal Ripken turned around. I had a lot of diarrhea. Or maybe he had it when he gave up those two grand slams to Tatis' dad in that single inning. That would explain that. It's two for me. Those MLB meetings were worse than skinny dipping in that disgusting Diamondbacks public pool. Bella B., can you run the host for this story? Hashtag yucky. Hey, Bella, if you don't like it, change your station. To quote Mike Tyson, change your station. You have a problem? Turn off your you station. You got a problem? Actually, not change, but turn off. Hey, Bella, you got a problem? Turn off your station. You have a problem? Turn off your station. Jamie in Green Bay, I see what you did, Rome. You wanted to give this take on your way out the door so we can't react. We'll see you tomorrow in the open, Rome. No, actually, I told you I wanted to start the show with that. It was unbelievable. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call or click Granger.com or stop on by. We have a huge call. Jim, my beef is with that bald-headed blunderdome coach salad and his baby boy in New York, Eddie in second grade. This failed experiment with Zach, er, Zach Wilson must end now. The clueless kook hunter has no pocket presence, and that's why he gets laid flat on his back even more times than Methleen does when she visits Eddie in Orlando's famous bait house on a Saturday night. Oh, Rogers, oh, Rogers, why you have to get hurt? Now our Super Bowl dreams are buried in the dirt. You better listen to Broadway Joe and have Wilson pack your bags and go. That's right. Hit the road, Zach. Now I'm done. Oh, my good goodness gracious. I can't believe it. That, that, never mind that Kathleen line, but he got the huge call. Not only did he get on the air, not only was he not run, Parody Larry huge, huge, won huge, the huge, huge call when almost nobody ever does anymore. But Larry did. And boy, Lawrence... Have yourself a day, yo. My thanks to J1 Ford. Good guest. Mount Money Smith. Great guest. The Big Head and I both riding with Chicago. We're going to lay the points. Minus three. Had a beef segment. Gave yourselves, or I gave you a little take on the way out the door. See you tomorrow. Come strong. Finish the week strongly. See you then. We're out.